life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. We just got back from a totally different experience. Yeah, we did. We actually shot it while we were there. You and I went 4x4 jeeping, off-roading, like the big time stuff. We went to Moab yeah. in the brand new JL Wrangler Rubicon. Yeah, we did the rock crawling thing that yeah, neither really of us have cool. had experience Not with. Not at all. Not and at all. we just set out and did it. I, I feel very, very confident now just in our abilities to go do this and yeah, pull these that, kinds of shoots off. We have that frightening amount of confidence as a result. And that was the thing. It was The, the cool thing about this JL was the fact that it is set up from the factory to just go and do. Yeah. To the point that yeah. I actually, I, I was at that Cars and Coffee afterward. I, I took it there. Right. That's right. And I ended up talking to a couple of guys who both have JKs. They walked over like instantly attracted to that car. Fascinating thing about that That's JL so Wrangler funny. was if you don't know Wranglers, it was a Jeep and you didn't care. If you know Wranglers, it was a spaceship. Yeah. And people no came from nowhere. They were like, is that what I think it is? I didn't think those were out. Because, of course, we had a press car. Right, right, right. So these two guys wandered over, both of which have personally built JKs that they have built to do it all. Okay, all right. And one of them said something fascinating to me. He said to me, I'm amazed by the fact that this JL will do everything from the factory that my built JK will do after I've built it out. And I said, isn't that shocking? And he said, to be honest, I kind of don't like that. I'm sure. I'm sure it's a, <laughs> you know, kind of roast his chestnuts he a was kind of, he, His point was, I kind of want to make my own truck, and here they've done. But his buddy, who also has one, has go, said, I get that. But he said, put on some different wheels and, and call it yours. He said, I, his, his buddy, who, again, completely contradicted him, was like, I like the fact that anybody can get something that is that capable, which is what you and I experienced. Right, which is the piece that we shot, as a matter of yes. fact. It's going to yes. be very, very similar to our PCH piece from mm-hmm. season two. It's going to be very much in that vein of more of the experience. Yeah, yeah. the car helped. But but go have Granted, an adventure. Go have an but adventure. bring something. And we saw yeah. all kinds of stuff actually on the trail when we were out yeah. there. Yeah. We saw a Toyota FJ. I saw a 4Runner. There were no 60s Dodge Power Wagons. That was really cool and crazy. There was yeah. pretty much everything. And then, of course, the Razors running around and scampering up and down the rocks. Oh, you yeah. know, we come down something and think, accomplishment. And they're going up and back down and up and back down yeah. and scampering all around and trying yeah, yeah. at a different angle. Let's go up straight up this way. And yeah. they're phenomenal. <laughs> I've never insane. wanted a Razor more than I do now. Well, yes, agreed. And Moab is amazing. But that reminded me of a conversation I had with our friend Jamie, who asked me about the jail. He said, what do you think? Because yeah, he's had yeah, a, yeah. a string of Wranglers over the sure, years. Sure. He's commuted and all that kind of stuff. Because you and I did a four-hour drive down there in a soft-top Wrangler. By the way, that's still terrible. <laughs> Being down there in Moab was awesome. But he asked me, he said, what do you think? And as I was talking to Jamie, I came to a realization. Okay. The Wrangler is the exact polar opposite to the realities of the Lotus. And here's my point. Well. You know, no, here, no here's, here's my actual point. When you are doing what it is best at, case of the Lotus, it's corners. The case of the Wrangler, it's rock crawling. Right. It's brilliant. Sure. When you're doing all the, anything but that, you're doing the more day-to-day stuff, it requires sacrifice. Yeah, for sure. I I was really aware of the fact I was like, I have the exact coin flip side to the Lotus in this JL Wrangler. No, that's a great point, but it's such a specialized tool like the Lotus is. Yeah. And I love enjoying and extracting that experience out of the car that is that specialized tool. Yeah. That's what was so amazing about it. The, the stuff that I pointed that nose up, 
I still can't get over. Agreed. Yeah. I pointed that nose at the sky and uh-huh. drove up the side of a uh-huh. rock. Many, many times. <laughs> we got some really cool footage, and I had to laugh at the absurdity of it because it happened the morning that we started on this, this rock crawl. I was sitting in 35-degree weather on a very nice leather-heated seat with a nicely heated steering wheel, <laughs> and while sitting there, I reached down and calmly put it into four low hit a button to lock the diffs and another button to disconnect the sway bar while continuing to sit in my heated seat. As one does. That was the most ridiculous mix of cultures I could possibly imagine. (laughs) I mean, I'm thinking about the days, and I didn't do it much, but there were a few times in life where I was in pickups as a kid where they locked the hubs and somebody would climb out of the cab and lay across the hood in the mud and reach down and try to lock the hubs and all that. I'm sitting there, heated seat, going, button for sway bar, button for for low. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's it was a fantastic experience, and I love that it came together, not completely unplanned, but very last minute for us. Mm-hmm. And I like that we're pushing ourselves to more and more into experiences like that because these cars can now. And yeah. the press car was available, and it was just kind of a last minute deal. And like I said, by the way, Moab is amazing. It's very cool. Todd and I can't wait to go back for the mountain biking, the slick for rock sure, yeah. p- portion of that. And maybe there will be some razors in our future. But, I but kind of sense that. There you go. But the thing that we learned from season two on Velocity is we've always wanted to do these pieces that are much more adventure-based and have them as part of the show as well. Because when we started yeah, the show, it yeah. was about not only cars but also experiences that those of us with normal budgets can go do that relate to cars. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the thing about this Moab adventure. You can, you can go to Moab right now, today, and rent a Jeep for the day that is completely ready to rock crawl. You don't have to own a Jeep. You don't have to do anything. You just rent that one right there Yeah, and rock exactly. crawl it. We saw a, not kidding, wedding party of 20-plus Jeeps that drove into the backcountry to do the wedding. That was the greatest. It was crazy. Yeah. But they, was all, they had the entire, one company's entire fleet of Jeeps was out there. <laughs> Rock crawling alongside us because they're all prepped. So that so that's an adventure you can do. The PCH thing is an adventure you can do. Lemons is an adventure you can do. That's a lot of the point of these episodes. We're going to try to make a, a concerted effort every season to have at least one full-on just try this adventure episode. And yeah. that's what this Moab piece is going to be. And we're very excited. For sure. And season three is actually the variety in season three that we're shooting right now is it's, turning out to be really wide from it's pony really car, muscle cars, all the way to the latest electric stuff, and then rock mm-hmm. crawling in between. So. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. Yeah. And by the way, everyone, season one is now available on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. It's been up there for a week at this point, and many of you have found it. We've been noticing. We can see the analytics. We can see the minutes watched. And thank you so much. It is free. For sure. It's really cool. On Amazon Prime. Go find us. Go find season one there. Thank you, guys. Season two will be shortly out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll announce when that is available. And I also want to touch on the pilgrimage trip. We have also announced that for the first weekend of August in 2018, yeah. you can find all the details on everydaydriver.com slash adventures, or mm-hmm. just touch the adventures tab right there on the website. Yeah. The price is announced. It's a bit of a longer trip this year because mm-hmm. it is over a weekend, but two car museums, the Porsche Museum and the Mercedes Museum, both in Stuttgart, are included. Lots more Autobahn driving. Yes. Lots more road trip yes. driving, which is going to be really cool. But still, a full day on the ring and a full day on spa, those yeah. great track days that they yeah. do, which are really awesome. I mean, honestly, I was thinking, I was actually watching part of Pilgrimage recently. I was just kind of curious about it because I haven't watched that film in forever. It's one of those things where I got it done and I haven't watched it since, and I was watching a little bit of it recently. Mm-hmm. And thinking about how much better the 
RSR hosted day at spa is when they take you around and Ron stands you on Eau Rouge and talks you through it's then incredible. when you and I did which was just arrive oh my gosh car oh look it's raining oh best of luck to you <laughs> yeah so if, you you seen, if you've seen the film that was a bit problematic but uh, but I, I'm excited to take people back it's just such a cool trip and we'd love to have you with us keep in mind we do have registration close date this year in the middle of June so right. if you're going to sign up sooner rather than later is better, not only to get ahead of the deadline, but also just to get the right cars. Because if you yes. want to upgrade your cars, yes. we need to know that soon so that we can get those locked in for you. But we'd love to take you either way. We definitely want you with us. You're cordially invited. Set the money aside. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. And uh, please come with us. So go to everydaydriver.com for that. And then there's a question here before we jump into the debates. There is a question about uh, some news we've come across regarding mm. Velocity Channel. Oh, yeah, yeah. That we just should touch on briefly. You know Discovery is the parent org of Motor Trend, and they have combined a bunch of brands under the Enthusiast Network, or TEN, T-E-N. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now TEN has been rebranded the Motor Trend Group and is rebranding the Velocity Channel. So the Velocity mm-hmm. name is going away. We don't know what that means for us as a syndicator on Velocity Channel. Agreed, agreed, And it yeah. should be thing, business as usual for season three. Season three will us. be unaffected for sure, yeah. We're, things are still shaking out, but we mm-hmm. have noticed. We are aware of it. Thank you for writing in and uh, noticing as well. Uh, I'm wondering if that'll give us uh, a bit more international reach is what some of the Variety articles are telling us it's very uh, interesting. overseas uh, for us. But uh, I mean, people have been asking us about ever, it. ever since we got on Velocity, they've been asking us, what is Velocity going to do for their web presence? Because Velocity's web presence has only been if you already have a cable subscription and get Velocity is the only way you could see the stuff on the app. Right. right. And people have been asking about the fact of what's Velocity going to do. Well, this is clearly what Velocity is going to do or Discovery is going to do with Velocity, merging that reality, the TV, uh, terrestrial television, if you will, reality with Motor Trend and their on-demand reach, making it all one big happy family, rebranding Velocity as Motor Trend Network, which, let's be honest, it's a much better well-known name. It is. But it'll have fluidity between television and web and back and forth. And uh, it's it's an interesting reality. It was a a lot of interesting numbers being thrown around about audiences on both sides. And, uh, and and we're fascinated to see what the result is. Everything we've been told is season three, it won't even have happened by the time we do season three. Right, right. It will have happened in some capacity by the time we do season four. But our early information is it probably won't change things. But we're speaking a little bit ahead of the actual knowledge to say that. Sure. Because exactly. I honestly don't think Discovery even knows how this is going to play out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it is very interesting yet. for sure. Well, yeah, change is ahead, of course. But, uh, hey, there's always change for everything, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. for us, it is business as usual, and we've got some great car debates for you. Thank you guys for writing in. And I will say, if you are not already sharing the podcast, first of all, I'm going to thank you for rating and reviewing. Yeah, for we sure. We have uh, incredible amounts of, re- of reviews of the podcast yes, it's on been iTunes. really great. It's amazing. The ratio of the amount of podcasts that we've released versus the reviews is staggering. It's to really me. good. So yeah. thank you very much for sure. So you can rate and review us there, but you can also rate and review the show on IMDb and Amazon, mm-hmm. but you've got to be it on a laptop or a, or a desktop computer. You can't rate it from your television or the app on your TV, on your yeah. smart TV. Yeah, yeah. You might be able to do it on your, on your device, but you can't do it from the TV. Right. For sure. Right. But uh, yeah, please share the podcast. We are in growth mode and uh, some exciting developments for, uh, for us as guests on some 
some future podcasts and mm-hmm. guests of our own too. Yep. That is coming your way. Can't wait to share that with you. But uh, we will jump right into the debates here from, uh, first of all, from Chris Chris R. He is near New York City, mm-hmm. and uh, he has never really loved a car in his life. Yeah. Looking for a cool dad car. Yeah. And then after the break, we will get to Jack J. He's on the opposite coast, West Coast and L.A., and he is in the industry. Did you notice? He I is did. a. Uh, yes. He's uh, he works in Hollywood, the place and the industry. So yep. he says, unfortunately, appearances do matter, and it's something that you and I have never really debated before. Mm-hmm. It's never really been an issue because. But it's definitely we encourage a thing. you to not buy for the badge and buy for your budget and the car that it is and the enjoyment that it gives you. But perceptions are reality, especially Very in L.A. So. Absolutely true. Yeah. Very much so. All right, so let's get to Chris's uh, his debate here. Like I said. He has uh, never really loved any of the cars that he and his wife have had, mm-hmm. but they've all served a purpose, and he's mm-hmm. learned a bit about his preferences and proclivities from yep. driving each one. Yep. He's leased a few cars, as has his wife. She loves her 16 Explorer Sport. So, all right. Well, they, she loves it so much that, that when this one's <laughs> over, she's already decided she's leasing another one. They've found her <laughs> car. I mean, let's be honest. My wife's found her car in the Cayenne. Well, that's true. That's His, a great point. Chris's wife has found her car. When she's done with this Explorer, she will get another Explorer. So that's a great that's point. Not even, that, that garage spot is officially filled. <laughs> okay? So what we're dealing with for Chris is he's currently in a 2017 uh, Lincoln MKZ, and it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. It has nice tech. It's new. It works, et cetera. He doesn't have any love for this. And, and and when it goes away, he's thinking, okay, let me can I get something that I really like? Is it possible? This yeah. is a car that essentially it commutes uh thirty to forty five minutes to a park and ride so that he can take a public transit into New York proper. Right. So he's right. headed into Manhattan every day. So he's sitting in traffic, but you know, he's hoping can I get something I also just like when I actually get to drive it otherwise cuz it's fun and it's still a dad car. He wants uh four seats, four doors and he does want all-wheel drive. Yeah, he mentioned that and he and his wife have a 6-year-old son and he wants this car to be the weekend car too as you mentioned. He wants to take his wife out to dinner and feel like they're in a special car, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not just hey, this is Chris's commuter car up to his uh, New York City daily. Now, uh, Chris, uh, he's been looking around at a few things. Mm-hmm. He likes medium to larger sedans. So he says something quick, sure-footed. He he loved the CX-5, or did not initially love it because he thought it was underpowered, but then he you know, grounded into the earth and beat on it a little well, bit. Oh, this is why people like this. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he finally decided he understood the driving engagement of Mazdas. He started to s- discover mm-hmm. that. So he's interested, like you said, the all-wheel drive thing has got to be a must in the twenty-five to $30,000 range, or that translates to about a $500 a month lease payment. So it could be it could be buy a used, but it could be lease new. I mean, yep. he does have that flexibility. And I like the idea of let's make it a dad car and a commute car, but I like the special event aspect of this. You've never right. had that car. You've never had the car where it's just like, honey, this is a cool car. <laughs> right. Right. Well, he says right now, according to his research, that the perfect car on paper is a 16 or 17 Audi A6 Premium Plus because you mentioned tech before. He's mm-hmm. an Android Auto guy yeah, yeah, and is looking for that. In 2016, Audi moved to the normal USB ports, and then in 2017, they added the Android Auto to his car. Mm. You and I rarely debate cars for the tech that's in them True. because True. of the ability to change that or replace that. Agreed. Agreed. But it is a thing, mm-hmm. and especially if you're not going to do that and you just want the newer car, that can be 
you know, part of the requirement yes. here, which I, I mean, understand. Our argument always is if you want the latest tech, you can put really very recent how much money do you want to spend uh you know center console tech into your older car mm-hmm. and to the point that we've had a couple of cars of late obviously I'm, I'm an iphone guy so we had a couple of cars of late the civic type r mm-hmm. and the kia stinger right both had apple carplay right oh in fact so did the jeep yeah you mentioned the jeep me of all places been loving this and i think it's amazing yeah. I, I love it to the point that i'm sitting that i actually looked up the other day what cars do i have that have a big enough slot in them, I could put an Apple CarPlay. I've actually thought about getting one for my wife's Cayenne because it's a nav, it's a yeah. the Porsche nav screen was always behind anyway. So the 2010 yeah, Porsche yeah. nav screen it isn't really usable and it needs good connectivity. And I've actually thought about we could get the double den thing and put Apple CarPlay because my wife has an iPhone right in her uh, Cayenne. She would love that. You could, yeah. So there is yeah. that that workaround. You can get a car that you can afford that you love, and if the only thing about it that's not up to what you'd like it to be is the tech. The tech is one of the easiest slash cheapest things to change. You lose the stock look, but look what you gained. Yeah, no kidding. Anyway. I agree. So Chris is uh, worrying a little bit about maintenance in the German car thing. The side question here is the supercharger versus the maintenance over a turbo. Chris, these days in modern cars and brand new cars, keep in mind that car manufacturers have to sell these cars with a warranty. Yeah, exactly. So they're not going to crank up the boost to levels where they're going to experience failures more often. I don't think that one or the other supercharger or turbocharger is going to have more maintenance than the other. I mean, keep in mind, what if you you know, you know had a Skyline, a Nissan, you've cranked a huge turbo up to... I don't know, 25 pounds of boost, something crazy. Or, or you tune your Audi to be way out of a long right. way from where it was originally, then stuff's going to start wearing out. But they've got, to your point, they've got to have that stuff running at such a low, well within tolerances yeah. that for all the people that don't know you're supposed to change your oil or air filters or do anything but put gas in a car, the car will run anyway. I think you're going to experience other maintenance issues before you're going to even need to think about maintaining your, your forced induction, whatever that is. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, I think that's fair. His son adamantly wants them to get a BMW. He said this is either a great job parenting or a parenting fail. I think it's, a, it's an accomplishment, especially too. considering you don't have any cars you love. My question is, there's no mention in here of BMW. So where on earth I agree. does your son's interest in you guys having a BMW come from? That's what I'm fascinated by. I'm like going, wait, wait, what, what happened to him? Does he have a buddy? Whose parents maybe, got a BMW? Maybe. What happened? He's like, Dad, you need a BMW. He's six and he knows BMWs. I agree. And he wants one. I'm sitting here going, where did that influence come from? Parents if, win. If this email was all about BMW, <laughs> I would be like, well, of course he does. Right. But it's Audi and mostly Audi, honestly. And then, oh, by the way, my son wants to get to be. I was like, where did that left turn come from? Is he looking at car magazines at night? What's going on? I mean, bravo, I think. <laughs> I think be. it's great, Chris. <laughs> No, Chris, I love the A6 idea. I do. I love the Audi yeah. idea. I love the Audi research because the yeah. all-wheel drive thing that you're thinking about. Sure. And I do agree with your son. The BMW thing could be great, mm-hmm. but that means the XI version of whatever BMW you want. Yeah, the X-Drive, whatever. Yeah. You know, the X-Drive, that, that's going to be in the equation. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. You know, 3 Series, 5 Series, sure. But I think your son wants you to get an M3 or an M2 or something Probably what he's envisioning. Yeah, he's probably envisioning dad's going to drive an M2, which dad's not going to. And that's why I think, okay, maybe the BMW thing is, you know, for you and he when he's a teenager. Will that BMW flame still be alive? Frightening, but yes. Probably. Well, but I do think, while you're there, I do think you guys should go drive a current-gen 3 with the X-Drive. 
just to experience it and know yeah. because because you're looking at Audis and I see why, but just go experience the BMW aspect of it without getting into their rear wheel drive setup when you're not going to feel as much of a BMW difference, if you will. But I think it's worth driving so you all have had that experience for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, like the Audi thing, but I'm going to give you three choices here, Chris, to consider to go drive. They're not BMWs, but they are the small, medium, large. They can all be all-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. They're all a mm-hmm. little bit different price points. Okay. But this is food for thought before you go buy the Audi A6. All right? <laughs> it's interesting because I came up with three alternatives and a wild card. Okay. And I kind of like my wild card, okay. honestly. I All think right. it's a fun dad car, but we'll get there. Okay, cool. I, I'm sticking with my three, small, medium, large, the uh, the bronze, silver, gold, whatever. You, okay. however All you right. want to look at yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Starting with the 2017 Mercedes CLA 250 4Matic. Okay. Okay. All right. Smaller car, German, mm-hmm. forced induction. It does come with Android Auto. It's the four-wheel drive. It's a small car. Okay. Yeah. It's classy. It's it a Mercedes. Is. It is. That is the weekend car. You can go for a drive, go out mm-hmm. to dinner. Mm-hmm. It's a Mercedes, all right? So this is just uh, an alternative, I will okay. say. All it's right. not for everybody, but I do want you to have that feel and that experience to go, yeah. I like that. Or, you know what? I really don't like that, but I'm glad that I know I don't mm-hmm. like it. Mm-hmm. So okay. therefore, other all cars right. will be affected. Second choice here, moving up to the Cadillac ATS. Oh, that's a good one. The 2018 two-liter turbo has Android Auto. Unfortunately, there's no magnetic ride on that model. You've got to go all the way up to the premium, but it's still within your price point. Well, maybe a little out. It's $48,000, which would be $550 a month, somewhere in there for a lease, which you could. It's the premium performance, rear-wheel drive, 3.6-liter, but that's the car that comes with the magnetic ride. The two mm. liter does not come with the magnetic ride. And I'm thinking, all right, what's the... There's a trade-off there. I see where you're trade-off? going. You can't yeah. get it with the all-wheel drive and the smaller mm. engine. Mm. Interesting. All right. But you can with the big engine. I'd love to have that magnetic ride and have you feel that. Mm-hmm. But again, that's that's a taste. That's a, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. here's a different yeah, yeah. car. Again, does come with the tech that you want. But the car I think you should go buy is a 2018 Kia Stinger GT with all-wheel drive, the 365-horsepower engine, and Android Auto. At a price of $43,450, the lease will be $508 a month. Well done. Which is exactly your budget. It's a loaded car. Well done. All-wheel drive. It's a large car. It is. But I think it's what you're looking for, Mm -hmm. and it's classy. It's different. It's got the huge warranty, so you don't Mm -hmm. have to worry a thing about the maintenance. It's going to run... Kia Stinger GT with all-wheel drive, my friend. I think that may be the answer because it's on my list as well. Is it? No kidding. For the exact same reasons. I mean, you make a comment in here, Chris, where you say you like the A4, but you wonder if it's too small. Now, Mm. I am the opposite person from you. I have never wondered if an A4 was too small. I keep going, (laughs) why is this car growing? I keep having the exact – but I'm the weird tall guy in the tiny, tiny car. To slot the A3 in, to slot the two series Clearly, clearly, which is why you like the A6, A7. So I – I have a couple recommendations that are a little smaller. They're a little more A4 size, and then a couple that are bigger, okay? Okay, all right. But I do have to say that Stinger is, I feel like, the obvious one to drive and consider really Uh, seriously. I like that a lot. I will also admit I'm relying on the fact that if you have to, the Android Auto is the easiest thing to update. If you get a car that doesn't have it, you could go get that. True, done. true. I am also counting on that, but but I have to back your play on the Stinger. I think it's a great one, and it may be the answer for Chris. As the bigger car. It may be just, we may be done right there. It's interesting that it keeps coming up as, and, 
Wow, Kia, Kia really studied hard on and the I business think, brief. I think your son would like it. That's it. I do too. It. I think he'd think it was really cool. Plus, it's a car called the Stinger. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Chris, the people who designed it, Peter Schreier, came from Audi. Yeah. You want the Audi, but you can connect the dots for your it's son good. and say, German designers still worked on this car. Well, but your six-year-old son gets to go, my dad bought a Stinger GT is much cooler than he bought a 330i X-Drive. Who cares? Stinger With, GT yeah. sounds like a superhero car. Totally. Honestly, when you're six or when you're 60, a Stinger GT sounds like a superhero car. Love it. <laughs> Have Brilliant. you told people lately and you say, yeah, we drove the Stinger GT and they go, oh, what's that? And you show them a picture and they go... Okay, yeah. it's a it's a four door. Yeah, right? it's very cool. So anyway, no, that, that's a great. Stinger. It's cool. Also, you know what? Drive the Q50 all wheel drive Infinity. Good. That's a, that's Good. an alternative car. Very much, but so. it's a very cool car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I, I I could I could pick it apart as things the reason it's not a first choice for me, but for you, I think it checks almost every box. Hey, yeah, and we're shopping for Chris. So. Yes. So because of the all wheel drive, his money, interesting dad car. I think you would enjoy the dy- dynamics of that car. I-, I think it's a really good one to drive, at least seriously consider. You could get, while we're talking about interesting, you're not in the big boy, so step back, okay. but the Alfa Romeo Giulia. Okay. You can get an all-wheel drive lease on that car well within your budget. Easy. That car is excellent and it, handling it, that, car. It, it handles, uh, take the Quadrifoglio out for a second. It handles great, period. Yeah. And you could get it in all-wheel drive. It's great looking. I think that car has that special factor you're looking for. You want to take your wife out. You're in the Alfa Romeo Giulia. It's a lease, so there's no concern about is it going to be reliable. True, true. I think that's a really interesting choice here. Okay. A all very right. unique choice. And it's got, that, it's got the classy European thing, but you didn't buy German. True. Very which true. is very cool. I think that's good. And then I have my super wild card. And you got close, but I have a super okay. wild card for Bring you, it. Chris. Your upper budget is thirty grand. Yeah, you know what the bottom end of thirty, like thirty grand, gets you the bottom end of. I'm not kidding you. Mercedes CLA AMG 45. Used all I'm wheel guessing, drive, right? of course. All wheel drive. Hair on fire. That's interesting. That you, amazing oh seats. You, I mean, you're not going to track it. I know you're not, but I'm saying to you, that's a car that has track capability. We've tracked it. Yeah. It's- Fast. It's 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 almost. I mean, we've talked about how the GLA is like the grown-up version of what. If you move on from the Focus R, you get a GLA. The CLA is almost like Mercedes makes an Evo. That's true. You know, that's very true. So it's it's all-wheel drive. It's a crazy powerful turbo four. It is a little on the smaller side than other stuff being, being considered. You mentioned that as well, but that is your son's going to think you drive Batman's car. Get that in black. He's going to be like, let's take that. Okay? Yeah. And and you you would love it in the snow. I'm very confident it would be great in the snow. You'd love it on the dry roads. It is a fun, fast car to drive. But it's also a Mercedes, a four-door, a nice interior. 30 grand, they're out there. Now, really? there's tons of them. There's tons of them between 30, 35. I was going to say. Tons of them there. They've probably but, come off lease or people have but just But 28 to them. 31 or so, there's options. They're out there. That's that's the bottom of where those cars are, and when I say that's the bottom, it's not like the hundred thousand dollar, hundred thousand mile version. I'm saying it's the ones with forty five thousand miles, fifty thousand miles. Okay, great. So I I know I'm in wild card territory, but I like that because I think you want to talk cool dad car that does all the other dad stuff. AMG C C forty five. Pardon me, CLA AMG forty five. CLA that's AMG forty five Mercedes would be cool. 
craziness, but there's some good options there, Chris. The horsepower per liter coming out of that car is yeah. astounding. Yeah, it's like a 350 horsepower two liter. Yeah. It's, it's a bomb under the hood. It is. It is. All right, Chris, you've got some driving to do, my friend. Thank you for writing. And if you've got your own debate, or if you want to just drop us a line, tell us what's on your mind. But we'd love a debate from you. We'd love mm-hmm. to hear your story. For sure. Wherever you are on the planet, thank you for listening. So write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or the website everydaydriver.com. And don't forget to click on the Adventures tab to find out more information about this year's Pilgrimage 2018 trip. We want you to go with us. Guys, it's going to be incredible. We've worked hard on this trip to curate yeah. everything yeah, yeah, and sure. make it a special trip. So please come. You're invited. And uh, right now we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. If you watch Shark Tank, you've probably seen the water-powered cleaning machine called Brush Hero. I'm looking forward to adding this as part of my arsenal of certified Paul-owning cleaning tools. It's got an impressive amount of torque, and it's not meant to spin fast, but it scrubs with this powerful, continuous torque because it's powered by water. There are no batteries or electricity required. Right now, you can get a starter kit with two brush heads, a soft one for sensitive surfaces. You can even use it on paint, but they've got a tough one for serious muck. That's the one I'm interested in. That could work on wheels. This thing makes life easier. I mean, think of no more backache leaning over, no more wet, scraped up knuckles. I'm happy about that, especially cleaning the the intricate wheels on my Cayman. This can get in there instead of jamming rags and sponges into tight spaces around the spokes. Fight the war on muck. This is the ultimate cleaning tool for car guys. Maybe it's a Father's Day gift. You can get it all over the place. It's a must-have for every car lover, at least I think. I, I want multiple because apparently I have lots of wheels and no idea what I'm doing. Brush Hero is at BrushHero.com. You can get it on Amazon or even Costco stores. What's it like for you watching games of your son coaching? Agonizing. It's a family affair on Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast. You know, I didn't know there was actual work here. (laughs) Recent guests include Rich Eisen, John Harbaugh, Judge Judy, and John Madden. I thought one of the greatest jobs in coaching in the NFL was Jim's first year with the 49ers. Exclusively on Podcast One Sportsnet. Get episodes every Tuesday on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Great time to be a Wolverine. If you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for, but what does that actually mean? You know, the same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees, accessories, everything, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want all from the comfort of your home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Well, because True Car shows you what other people paid for the same car you want. And your certified dealers already know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features aren't available in all states. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Jack is writing to us from L.A. 
he works not only in L.A., but in Hollywood, yeah. the industry and the part of town. So he has an L.A. commute, <laughs> and he has two problems as a result. He wants to look like an adult that should work in the industry, which is a perception thing. <laughs> but he also has to commute through L.A. traffic, which means you need an auto, Jack. I'm giving you full permission right now. You, you, you've said to us kind of apologetically, I'd like to have a manual, but I think you should have an automatic. I'm telling you right now as a guy that loves manual transmissions, get an automatic in Los Angeles. Yeah, I agree. I Jack, sure appreciate you writing in. He uh, He's saying the appearances, that kind of matters here. It does. It does and in L.A. for sure. we've been there. We've lived there. We know. And I've said this before, in L.A., it is the car you drive and the sunglasses you wear, whereas in New York, it is the handbag over your shoulder and the shoes you have on. That's how people judge you. <laughs> I lost at all of these contests, by the way, but, but that is fair. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, so I know, I get it, and I've wrestled with this choice, a bunch of choices here, Jack, okay. because everybody in L.A., anybody with a smidge of money or not a smidge of money just goes ahead and leases the S-Class for $92,000 or whatever <laughs> and just makes it all about appearance, mm -hmm. and they bought the car because it, would, it was expensive, and it's a German nameplate, and they're just posing. There is a lot of that. There's a lot of that. So I've wrestled because you're an enthusiast, and we want you to be in something fun, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. sometimes that can mean a German car, but... I want you to come away thinking that was well bought and anybody who sees my new car will think you're very sophisticated, savvy, creative mm. thinker. And okay. just because it's not a German car, well, what is this thing? Interesting. Okay. And I have a choice right. that I think fits Good. that. Do you have one choice? You I have a shot few, this? but I'm okay. going to work my way towards it. And this okay. is a brand, brand new car. Good. Excellent. I like it. I like it. I have a couple choices. I mean, Jack says in here that the car he's kind of thinking is the answer is the current BMW 2 Series. Mm. And I have to back your play. Oh, I yeah. think that would be a fantastic choice. You do you do admit that besides just commuting, you this is a car you want to take for fun drives on the weekends. You are going to run some canyons. You're going to drive this car hard, whatever which is it good. is, which is really good. And I think that 2 Series you'd find kind of brilliant. You've never had a car like this, so you're sitting here going, okay, for the tw the mid twenty thousand range, let's say twenty five ish thousand dollars. You aren't specific, but you just tell us mid twenty thousands. Should you get a two twenty eight, the little four cylinder, or should you find a little bit more used M two thirty five i? That's that's an interesting choice. It is a good question. I think honestly, for your usage, I think just go with the four. I think you're going to be happier commuting in it. Yeah, yeah. And that car, I, I'm not, I'm going to specify. You have to get the four-cylinder with the M Sport Pack. Any BMW, really. Yes, but but this is the but thing. I agree. This is the thing that's going to make that car. You're going to have that ZF automatic in it, ZF eight-speed, which is going to be great for commuting. Yep. But it's going to be decent in the canyons too, and that M Sport Pack is going to make it worthwhile when you get to drive it hard. It's going to be fun and brilliant, and that little four-cylinder up front does not weigh much. It makes the front end very light and fun. Yes, we have tracked the M235i all over the place. Spa, the ring, all of it. We've driven that car many, many times. We hooned it around outside Los Angeles in the Palm Springs area <laughs> yeah, for our have. first review of it. Yeah, we have. That was a six-speed. We loved that car in six-speed. The M235 is great. I'm not denying that. But my thinking is I don't think you need it. And the only times I think you'd miss it are if you were in an extreme huge open sections of road, almost track situation. Otherwise, I think the two, 228 little four-cylinder is going to serve you great. You're yeah. going to find it powerful enough, but not scary, and yet light, agile, good handling. If you're going to go two series, that's my play. 
No, I like that. He's asking about you know that as well as maintenance put together. I think yeah. they'll probably be pretty similar on maintenance. But I love the four-cylinder. I love the 228i. They're great prices now used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 235, you sort of, you know, upshift, upshift, look down. I'm going 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Huh. That's pretty cool. When did that happen? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely all about the BMW, the 228 for you as well. But the choices that I've thought here, I've got to work my way up to the car I think you should get. Okay. Which will soothe your maintenance fears about a German Good. car. Good. But I'm starting German. Because I thought, well... I, I have one other one. I'm curious if we'll mention it. Keep going. Okay. I thought 2003 Porsche 911, the 996s. <laughs> of course you did. They're $24,000. And if you live in LA, you have to get an either silver or black. I think I found a dark navy is what I yeah, found. Yeah, see, I think that's too oddball. I mean, I would drive, you know, like the neon <laughs> one. But in, in, exactly. if you're going to Hollywood, you, if you're going to pull into a studio lot, it's got to be silver or black. That's true. That's true. Uh, by the way, the budget that we're working with is about $26,000. So yep. keep that in mind. So I found a $24,000 996, but again, that doesn't assuage your fears about the mechanics. You know, it, it fair, might fair. actually add to the stress level, even though you'd blend right in and be one of the Hollywood industry crowd. Box checked. So I moved on to Audi, and I found a 2015 Audi S3 2.0 Premium Plus, 48,000 hmm, okay. miles for 269. But that just means they've traded it in because the warranty runs out at 50,000 miles, hence the sale. <laughs> am I afraid of that? No, I am not, especially for the later Audis. Now, maintenance is something to keep an eye on. It's not for something sure. to ignore. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And it might be more expensive than you know the Civic that you're coming out of because yeah, it you're will used be. to that. It will be, yeah. So I thought, okay, what else can we get for about 26? Started bumping up the price a little bit. Of course you did. 2015 Audi S4 Premium Plus with 14,000 miles, hmm. which could take away the maintenance fears initially because low miles, 27.1. Hmm. It'd probably take 26.750, somewhere yeah, in there. Maybe 26 flat, depending 26 upon if they flat. want to get rid of it. Yeah. But then I thought, all right, there's this new car. It has landed on the scene. It is Japanese. Okay. It's a little bigger, and it's not the Hoonmobile that the 228i is. Where have you gone? But it sports a brand new 250 horsepower turbocharged engine. It is the 2018 Mazda 6 Grand Touring. Okay. 250 yeah. horsepower yeah, yeah. turbo with sport mode on that transmission. Yeah. They're 30 grand fully loaded, but it comes with a brand new warranty. Mm -hmm. It's a brand new design. Mazda is killing it in the design department. It looks great. It looks great. And when yeah. people say, what car is yours? Or they mm -hmm. watch you roll in. Again, back to that discerning, classy, suave, Maybe. sophisticated. That that's a different choice. And what a great looking car that is. Yeah, it is. For sure. For sure. And it stands out, especially in the red that they've got on the website. Is yeah, it's good. Absolutely gorgeous. The Mazda red is beautiful right now. The brand new Grand Touring. And that's, okay. where the, that's where that engine starts. They've got trim levels above that. But sure, sure, To sure. get the engine, the okay. 250 horsepower turboed engine in that car, you've got to start at the Grand Touring model. Hmm. Thirty grand. I pushed yeah, on your budget, you but it's only you four thousand dollars more. I mean, have you ever been to a car auction? <laughs> it's nothing. It's ten thousand in no time. It's fifty thousand. It's no money. The, it's the, no money. The, the dealer will show you why that's you know like the cost of a Starbucks extra per month or something. <laughs> they do weird math, but yeah, that, I see where you went. I see where you went. I mean, obviously you're in a front wheel drive chassis now, but I think it's, I think it's really worth taking a look at. I do I do agree with that. You, I mean, we can hoon anything. We can yes. put anything on a canyon. Anything road and is have hoon, fun. Yes. Mazdas are proving to be a lot of fun in whatever mm -hmm. form they come in, but for most of the time, he's going to be commuting, classy, sophisticated, 
different. Yeah, it's no money. It's no money. That's yes. the auctioneer at Gooding. I know. He, every yeah. every Monterey. When he, when he jumps up some ridiculous yeah. amount, it's, it's no money. Whatever. $100,000 is no money. Yeah. Well, I actually came up with one other one that I should mention here because I really do like your two series and you seem kind of set on it. But I thought, okay, so what else could we do? What's the alternative to the two series in this same area? Yeah. I tried to think who else has got a really cool two plus two shape that is classy. And I have to say, for your money, shop in Audi. A5, where if you can swing it, S5. But the A5, I think you would find surprisingly good. It yeah. doesn't have the dynamics yeah. of the 2 Series if you're really hooning it because it isn't. It's it's the Quattro versus the versus the rear-wheel drive. I think the BMW ultimately be a little lighter. but it, and, and it would be a little bit more agile if you're pushing really hard. But sure. in your commute situations, you're not going to care. Yeah, and that interior yeah. is going to be great. I think I personally still think that the first A5 is more attractive than the current. I don't like the restyle as much. Yeah. I think yeah, that, that first version is going to age really, really well. And, if, and depending upon where you want to go, you could go back and do S5. But I think that V8 might like eat your V8. lunch on gas. Yeah. But okay. But, still, but I remember when, when the A5 S5 first came out, I remember driving both of those on the track in a Motorpressed Guild track day. And I got in that A5 with the two liter. And I remember getting out and going, that was excellent. Because a lot of times I get in the German, I get in the German base stuff, and I'm like, "We'll see," you know. <laughs> but both, I also thought about because both of those cars, the, the the two series with the base four cylinder and that A5 with the base four cylinder, both of them surprised me. Hmm. So I thought, all right, that is a the A5 is just a I don't care who you are, it's a classy looking car. Oh yeah, absolutely. So roll in one of those. I think that's a good alternative to the two. Something in here is for you, man. No, yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, that's gotten me thinking about RS5s when the RS5 model first appeared. Yeah. With that incredible V8, I think it was 450 horsepower and the the wavy front brakes. They yeah, they had yeah, the, yeah. Uh-huh. you know, yeah. chunks taken out of them for cooling purposes. Supposedly, and, yeah. You know, all this stuff. Those have plummeted in price. Yeah, I they mean, have. they're not in the price range here, but you know, just yeah. I, I think they're 40, 35. They dropped quick, didn't they? Somewhere yeah. in there. And yeah. It's just sort of Wow. Yeah, that car was spectacular. All right. Well, thank you both for writing in. We sure appreciate it. And like I said, please write with your own debate to us and uh, looking forward to hearing from you. All right. Let's move on to social media questions. As always, you guys have sent us a lot of really great ones. I wrote down a few. I wanted to jump in with uh, Jeff's question here. I feel like it relates to some of the cars we've already talked about. Jeff wrote in on Facebook and said, is the Volkswagen Golf R worth the price premium over just a GTI? Oh, yeah. I saw that. Now, we've talked about this a few times. Let me see if I can sum up and not contradict something I said before. But but here's the thing. I think the Golf R is only worth it if you have a scenario where you're going to either drive hard enough or get weather concerns enough that you need all-wheel drive. In most scenarios, not, not long after first driving the Golf R, we drove a friend's GTI with a performance pack. And with the right tires, and I don't think the tires are always good in the stock form there, with the right tires... That performance pack is is it's got to be ninety ninety five percent of the feel of that Golf R. You got to push the Golf R really hard to feel that Haldex go. Oh, you need oh you need power at the rear. Right, right. And then it finally sends it. You can finally feel it. But now you're pushing really hard. And there's no button to send power back there. Of course not. And so I think most of the time. I'm painting with a broad brush here, but I think most of the time, most people are not going to feel the difference. Is there a difference? Yes. Then tuned, it gets nuts quick. 
Yeah. Because it has the extra ability to put the power down. Drew, you actually chimed in on Jeff's question, and I was I was kind of applauding you for your answer on this. It's along these same lines. So, Jeff, I really think it comes down to how is the driver using it? If you were here's I would say this: if you were going to buy a Golf R to commute in, and you like to drive kind of fast when you commute, and the road opens up, you're never going to notice the difference. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I'm I'm with you on that one. Well, I've got to back up to a prior question on uh, on the podcast here. Sometimes we can't get to all of them, but this was uh, so interesting that I had to come back and answer this. Well, you might not find that interesting. Okay. Parker, Parker B. asked, would we rather own a Ferrari or a Lamborghini dealership? Hmm. And my answer is Lamborghini. Because Ferrari wonder... has sort of sold out with all the other products that they sell. Hmm. It's an aspirational brand that makes shot glasses and baby shoes and bed sheets and teddy bears and clothing that everybody can afford Hmm. now the difference with porsche is it's an accessible brand even though they've got some really expensive models sure but years later you can aspire to porsche ownership Mm -hmm. and so i think all that stuff still applies whereas lamborghini i think their clothing is made by versace i mean they have 700 hundred dollar handbags and all this stuff so they're because you need that exclusive as one does if you're buying a couple of aventadors the fitted luggage for your aventador s yes it's important i Mm -hmm. think about these things all right so i'm thinking lamborghini just because they're not ferrari interesting and over those two i'd rather own mclaren dealership well, I agree with you on that. I'd rather have McLaren out, out of them as well, even though it's not an option. But I, but here's the thing. I'm going to go Lamborghini too, but for a different reason. Okay. The the thing about Ferrari that, that continues to shock me is, back to what you said, They you can get their logo on all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But they make it difficult to get their actual cars. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and the th- to the point that we actually for a while were in, in pretty close contact with the local Ferrari dealer here in Salt Lake to the point that we got conversations from them where they admitted they were frightened of Ferrari. The dealers are often, are often very concerned about how do we sell these cars? We don't want to sell them wrong. We don't want to make Ferrari angry because you're selling a commodity. You are the person that sells this Even commodity at that to level, the public. It's still a car and it's still a commodity. And so I'm very much of the mind that if you have the crazy money to come in and buy the crazy car, I should be able to sell you one. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be on a list. You don't have to come in four years from now. You, you didn't have to have six of these cars before I'm allowed to. If you can bring in the cash, I'm going to sell you a car. Yeah. And that and Lamborghini will allow that, and Ferrari flat out will not. And I'm sorry, but that's why I pick Lamborghini. I think when uh, I went a few years ago to the factory mm-hmm, in Italy, mm-hmm, yeah. it endeared me to them even even more because Interesting. Okay. take the clientele and the people who own Lamborghinis out of the picture. Okay. The people who actually build them are like family. And sure. they're the nicest people. And they they wave at you and they want to involve you in, hey, mm-hmm. isn't this cool mm-hmm. what we're doing? And let me show you the leathers and how this is That's going. Cool. And they're so friendly and it's just the opposite of the people who can afford to go buy them. Now, that's a broad brush, I, I realize. You're, you're dealing in the but, stereotypes. You know, like, take your point. You know yeah. all the hot cars in London and all this kind of stuff. They're just trying to be flashy. That is the opposite of the people who make them. That's interesting. They're one big that's family. And then, of course, when the tour guide said at Lamborghini, when the engine meets the body, there is no divorce. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it is what it is. I just thought, I like you. I like this factory. I'm endeared. I can't afford it ever, but I just like you. That's funny. Lamborghini like for me. All right. What else do you have? 
Uh, let's see. Uh, Davey P23 on Instagram wrote in said, is there a scenario in a modern car that, of course, has, you know, modern cars have synchros and good transmissions where a double clutch is ever necessary versus a rev match? Mm-hmm. And the short answer is no. In fact, to the point that I've actually, we've actually driven a few cars where the owner was like, you have to double clutch this transmission. <laughs> and I've driven it and promptly gone, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> you can rev match, and it's just fine. It's not like I force the transmission either. It's just like normal rev match, and the transmission goes, yeah, I'll take that. That's fine. So there are those cars, but they are becoming fewer and farther between to even find that require it. I mean, And I mean require it. There was that recent actual piece of, of, of Grand Tour. Watch that, mm, where yeah. Richard is driving a recreation of the old, uh, what was it, the Jaguar D-Type? Yes. And yes. Uh, Jeremy was driving a recreation of the old Aston Martin racer, and he struggles right. with the transmission. And this is a guy that's driven tons of stuff, obviously. He struggles with the transmission constantly because it had zero synchros, a transmission made like the old days, and you could not shift it without a double clutch and without getting it right while double clutching, which at speed is even harder because none of us know how to do it anymore. <laughs> but, right. but, but where is that extreme example? It kind of doesn't exist. On any modern car, if you're rev matching at all, it's got synchros. It's going to just it's gonna be butter. If you're not aware of what double clutching is, just a quick lesson on that. That's good. Okay, yeah. That is when you're shifting, modern synchros line up the teeth and line up the gears so you can just quick shift. You let the clutch out, and it's just going to kind of fall into the next gear as, as soon as you apply some pressure. Mm-hmm. Whereas with double clutching, you have to get the input and the output shaft spinning at the same speed, so when the gears line up, you're not going to crunch the gears and grind the transmission. So therefore, what you need to do is let the clutch back out while it's in neutral to get both shafts spinning again mm-hmm. at the same engine speed, and then quickly push the clutch in and shift into the next gear, and theoretically the teeth should merge fine because both input and out- yeah. output shafts are now spinning at the, at the same constant rate there. So you've let the, yeah. you, you've, you're in a gear, push the clutch in, shift to neutral, let the clutch out, mm-hmm. then push it in again, and then put it into gear. Yes. So you're two clutches yep. to get into the next gear. As the name suggests, you, right. are, you are doing the clutch motion twice for one shift. Right. With a with a stop in neutral along the way to deal with acceleration. I mean it, it's it's yeah. it's a talk about a dance. It's kind of crazy. Okay, backing up to another question from Andrew S on the last podcast, he asks us what is the best inexpensive performance tire? You and I have mentioned this before. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to reiterate yeah. it just in case you haven't heard. We like Michelin. Michelins are mm-hmm. amazing tires, really but they are a premium price. But For sure. what both Todd and I have had in our past are Kumo tires mm-hmm. and found great success with not only mm-hmm. an all-season performance tire, but their ultra-high-performance tires. Yeah. They're inexpensive, and they're excellent. Yeah, I had them on uh, the Sabaru. I had them on my 300ZX. was con- con- consistently surprised by those tires. I had uh, Nitos on my 300ZX for a while, and they, they were did. okay as well. Yeah. But I thought the Kumo brand seems to have kind of – they have the, the Michelin alternative at kind of every level. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, I would say this: they are two thirds the price of the Michelin and eighty to maybe maybe ninety percent of the performance. Sure, right, right, right. Well, uh, there's another question from Jeremy K about uh, driving in remote locations without okay. cellular reception. Yep. Did you see this question? Yeah, he you're says, dark ages. <laughs> yeah, the eighties. Well, not the eighties, seventies, I guess. He said, no, cell reception? Oh, All the way up to two thousand. Yeah, exactly. Well, last week, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on your carrier. He said, any stories of breakdowns or problems in such areas? It's funny to think that, I mean, this used to be life. Yeah. Just drive through that area because 
don't own a cell phone. Yeah. Didn't exist. No, I, driving through re- remote locations, I mean, part of it is plan in advance, of course. Look on the yeah. map, you know, look at what facilities are available. You know, there's uh, a section in Utah from, uh, I forget the cities, it's Salinas to Green River or something like that. There's no gas for 110 miles, and you think, Ugh, how am I going to make it? <laughs> how am I doing? <laughs> how much longer will this last me? Yeah, yeah so things like that. You've just got to look ahead and plan your trip in advance and just know where you're going to be at. Yeah. And, you know, if if the Google car has driven along the road, you can drop down onto that, look and see what's there at various points just to see, okay, are there any service stations? Are there any... You know, still landline phones. Yeah, uh, you know that kind of thing. I mean, I'm not suggesting you take a satellite phone with you. But not suggesting that. Yeah, not necessary. Well, I'm going to go back to old school for a second. When All I right. was growing up, if I left the house from when I was on a bicycle to the years of finally driving for myself, when I left the house, what did I do? I left my parents a note. I'm going here. Great. I'll be back here. Great. Jump to the. I know I'm jumping, making a weird jump, but you're talking about Utah weird stuff. Aaron Ralston, the guy from 127 right. Hours, he gets stuck in a slot canyon in Utah and ended up cutting off his own arm. Right. Chilling, chilling book if you read it. And I didn't watch the film either. And as an outdoor guy, and it's a cool, it's a cool film. As an outdoor guy, I, I was very struck by it in a lot of categories. And he readily admits, and it is an obvious thing, he told no one where he was going. Mm. I'm coming back to that. If you're really concerned about this, Text somebody when you've got reception, hey, I'm going here, or just somebody that expects you on the other end and they have a time frame. If you're really worried about what if I have a problem, that's going to time out at some point. They're going to be like, where are you? That's a great point. So, I mean, that, but I'm back to the simple things of just leave a note. Where'd you go? Yeah. My, that was, Tell that was somebody. My parents' biggest rule once I started leaving the house on a bicycle or a car was just like, you have got to leave us a note. Gosh, I did that my whole growing up. My Isn't that mom funny? Left me notes. Yeah. And she'd leave it on the floor so when I walk in exactly. it's right there on the floor and you know, she'd update me with we stuff. We don't we don't do that anymore it's because amazing. eventually your phone will ping and you'll get a text message of, Oh, well there's the latest and you're watching the bubbles because they're writing right now and we all right. watch, I mean, it's ridiculous, but it all happens, doesn't <laughs> it? Uh, Tristan wrote in on Instagram and he said, What do we think the reason is as to why Dodge has been successful selling the charger? Hmm. And yet the SS, the CTS, and the ATS don't sell well. I have an answer. Okay. The answer is fleet sales. Okay. The charger is bought in mass quantities by rental outfits who need a large sedan and also by police and uh, security forces who need a large rear-wheel drive sedan. The SS, I know there's a police version. I know there's a police version of it. But I'm talking about the SS specifically. The SS, the CTS, and the ATS are not rental or fleet cars. I mean, the Cadillacs are, but at at a higher level. But at a very small percentage. I mean, you can can rent a Charger anywhere. It's true. Yeah. When you get up into the large cars, it's Charger or similar. I've always wondered what an or similar is and who makes that. But the Charger is the available car. <laughs> they should come out with that model. Yes. I, I've, I've, wanted, you know, to do, hey, I've wanted to do that gag forever is you and I go in and see how long we can maintain it with the person behind the desk. Who Some of the people behind the desk at the rental counter offices, you could probably maintain it a while. But wondering how long you can maintain the conversation where you're pounding on the desk and demanding to be put in an or similar. <laughs> and they're trying to explain to you what that actually means. You're going, no, no, no. You tell me that that, that car is available or, or similar. Or similar. Where is it? I'm an automotive journalist. <laughs> I've never heard of this car. Terrible. Oh, man. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, uh, is it the new Crown Vic of this generation? 
It absolutely is. Because all the cop cars are now Ford Explorers. They've yeah, gone to all those. That's true. That's true, yeah. They're not doing a, a sedan from Ford anymore. Yeah. I had heard that Ford used to give the Dearborn Police Department all their Crown Victorias for a dollar a car just because, you know, same kind of thing. I'm sure GM did that same thing for yeah. Warren Police Force. Chevy, Chevy owned it. Chevy owned, the, owned it when they had the Caprices in the 80s and 90s. Everything was Caprices. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. they let that chassis die, and so everybody went looking elsewhere, and it was Tauruses for a while, but it wound up as, challenge, as Chargers, you know? You know what you can tell the budget of modern films by looking at the cop cars they crash in the film. Yes. Have you noticed this oh, phenomenon? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And you think, okay, this was low budget because nobody uses Crown Vicks anymore. I mean, a few do. Yeah. A few use the, yeah, yeah. the Caprices. I mean, the California Highway Patrol has gone away from all that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you look at the budget, and if they're crashing brand new, the latest stuff, <laughs> yeah. it's like, wow, this is a big budget movie. But you also make a good point. You're starting to see more and more we're talking about the shift to CUVs and SUVs in, in private ownership, but you're seeing that more and more in police officers too. Like highway patrol and sheriffs here in Park City, they're all big rigs. They're all yeah. either explorers or sometimes they're the Dodges, but they're always big trucks. Yeah, they they use Durangos here mm-hmm. for the Utah Highway Patrol. Yep. White Durangos. I mean, we see we still see Chargers, but they're becoming less and less common because they're just going to big. I mean, we've got our friend Chad, who's a local sheriff here. Yes, hello, my friend. And and he has the pursuit version of the Explorer, and it's and I don't even know. I'm not even going to pretend to know, but it's the specially tricked out one with the extra powerful engine and all of the room for you know they have special seats that allow them to wear their gun belts in the car and there's like a cutout in the seat that fits the gun belt. I mean it's specially designed, but you got tons of space. And let's be honest, in most situations, if you're a police officer, your chances of doing a hugely high speed pursuit are a tiny fraction versus you dealing with things like weather and I need space and all that kind of stuff. And at that point you're calling for air support anyway. Yes, exactly. You cannot outrun the chopper. No. A little bit of tidbit of advice there. Yeah, exactly. You know, whatever. So yeah. All right. Well, Mike J has called me out. Uh Uh-oh. He said, Paul can have any car he wants, money, no option, but he can never clean it. No washing, no vacuuming, and he has to let everyone else eat and drink and be messy and have muddy shoes. <laughs> Would I still take it? Any car I want, like a McLaren 720 or a, <laughs> a McLaren 720 or... while the passenger eats Kit Kats Ugh, or Cheetos <laughs> and while you drive it through another mud puddle, never be cleaned off. Uh, I'm watching Paul squirm right now. I'm sorry. This is one of those rare times I wish the podcast had video <laughs> because I'm watching him squirm. I guess. I guess I would just to get the car that I want. Money, no object, I guess. But that's going to grind me because I'm going <laughs> to. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess I will. I'm I'm still working on it. I'm trying to get over it. But that's funny. Yeah, I still have this need because when people are eating Cheetos, that just means work for me. Yeah. Well, but but look at it this way: you, there's no work for you. You can't clean the car. <laughs> but there's no there's work at Cheeto all. Cheeto dust all there's over no the There's no work at all. It's fine. Oh, it's man. fine. Yeah. <laughs> I keep getting into my cars and going, "Why is there a mud scuff there?" On the... that's right. I have a son, and he just <laughs> his feet like fly around the room. He, somehow, eight year olds with with muddy shoes on, they wind up in places where I don't ever put my foot right there. Why? <laughs> right. Why did your foot wind up there? It's because he gets in sideways and slides on his yes. knees, and his feet are up on the whatever. It was cathartic to have that Jeep this weekend and not worry a thing about it. Not at it. all. 
Not that was at cathartic. All. Yeah, we actually took we took my son with us, and he had so much fun. Oh my gosh! He he didn't understand what we were going to do. He was like, "But hang on, I want to go climbing. I want to go biking." Which I loved that he wanted to do that. But I was like, "No, no, no, we're going to be in a car." He's like, "I don't want to be in a car." He's like, "Trust me, you want to be in this car for this." He had so much fun. But you're right. He gets in. It's now dawning on me as we're talking about it. My son gets in a car with whatever body part was closest to the vehicle when he was standing there. <laughs> That's what leads. Shoulders, it doesn't matter. Elbows. It doesn't matter. And so as a result, he gets in and now has to completely rearrange and feed kicking things and there's mud there's mud there now well i noticed that when he got into the restaurant booth he just kind of hopped up on one you know side of his hip yeah and then dragged his shoes across where of i was he about did. to sit down next to him and go, of course ah, he did okay fine the 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 inexplicable places and then you get a small cabin like the lotus and i keep looking around the lotus cabin going you weren't even over here <laughs> how how is there mud here <laughs> why is there mud on this anyway. corner Okay, last question for me from Hal. Thank you. Hal B. is asking about driver focus, the technology in the expensive version of the 2018 Subaru Forester, mm. which according to Subaru is a driver monitoring system using facial recognition software to identify driver fatigue or driver distraction. Sure it is. They're pretty proud of this. I know. Subaru is pretty proud of all their driver aids and all this stuff. As will most car manufacturers. Think of it as um, lowering your insurance bill, maybe? But uh, I think we're going to see more and more of that coming. I just hope you can disable it. But if not, and it always kicks in, (laughs) there have been times when, you know, a lane warning feature has, okay, all right, I failed to look completely over my shoulder, and I'm kind of glad that, you know, beeped at me. I'm kind of glad for that. But funny. It's going to creep into our lives more and more. Well, but Subaru, honestly, Subaru has taken the place, I think, in most people's mind, that Volvo was in in the 80s and 90s. Where, <laughs> meaning, meaning that Subaru is synonymous. I could go a lot of places. Ha- hang on. I know. But I, what my, the point I'm making here is Subaru is synonymous with we're taking the best care of you and your family we possibly can. Yeah. Their Volvo, commercials are heart-wrenching now. Volvo has tried to go upmarket as the luxury alternative. Remember when Volvo took the 240 and drove it, just nosed it right off the – back in the <laughs> 80s, nosed it right off the parking garage and just sent it straight into the pavement and talked yeah. about safety? That was what <laughs> Volvo used to do. Now Volvo's going upmarket. They are the upmarket luxury alternative, and Subaru has slotted themselves in as, we got gotcha. you. You're, you're, you're never going to be safer than in our cars. That's, that's their whole marketing image. And let's be honest, Subaru is also a major reason why a huge percentage of people believe that all-wheel drive is a must and safer than anything else out there. Yeah, it's a bit of a misnomer, honestly. I mean, people think, oh, pickup truck, four-wheel drive. Well, um, no, you'll still see pickup trucks in the ditch without winter tires on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, you know what? Sorry, you just just struck me on this. (laughs) The Wrangler that we just had. Yeah, oh, yeah. From the factory, 33-inch. We proved in, in Moab, crawl anything tires. 45-degree inclines. You would think, up. you would think, whatever the world throws at you, those tires will work until it snowed. It snowed Which it did. randomly. One morning when I had that car on our loan, I slid around more trying to get somewhere that day than I have all winter in the Mini. Crazy. Because the Mini has winter tires on it, and the Wrangler was fishtailing everywhere. Now, I had fun with it. Yeah. But I yeah. haven't gone left, right, left, right, left. I got it. And we're centered. All winter. Crazy. The Wrangler did it every single corner. Ugh. With the big 33 t- I mean, you would look at those tires, and, and almost all of us would think, like, those tires are great in the snow. No, they're not, clearly. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for listening, for writing in. We always appreciate it. Please write to us with your questions, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Cheers. 
Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks. Prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.